Hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Radar episode 64. This week on the show, we're talking a whole lot of Yakuza 0, which is a game where you can be part of organized crime, but a chicken can manage your bowling life. And we talk a whole lot about Resident Evil 7 and the series as a whole before moving on to some recommendations of hot new games out here at the end of January. Listen on. Wiki Wild Wild. Wiki Wiki <laughs> Wild. Wiki Wild. Wiki Wiki. Wild Wild. Wild West. Jim, Jim West. West. Desperado. Desperado. Rough Rider. No, you don't want nada. Want nada. Running this brother. <laughs> None of this six <laughs> gun in this brother. <laughs> running this buffalo soldier. Look, it's like I told you. Any damsel that's in distress, be out of that dress when she meets Jim West. Yeah, I know all the effing words to that. All of them. See, it's really funny. I could have memorized all the words to the Wild Wild West song, but instead, I just memorized all the looks of sad desperation on Kevin Klein's face throughout the <laughs> film. Yeah. That's what I memorized Here's instead. It's the... I-, I loved the original show. That, yeah. That was yeah. basically like Wild Wild West. I mean, it's, it's hammy <coughs> as anything, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And I used to watch it with my dad and the movie definitely has the spirit mm-hmm. of, of that show in it. Yeah. But it fails just about every way it possibly can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I oh, mean, I, uh, I love Wild Wild West. Unironically, <laughs> I, I deeply, deeply appreciate it. There's except uh, there's that scene where uh, Kenneth Branagh is because I mean because okay, Jim West. Oh, the know? racial slur scene. Oh, the racial slur scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah, every yeah. The, you there's no getting away. <sighs> but man, I, so my my thing with Wild Wild West and like yeah, Sam, I I get loving it because it's so goddamn weird and it's so like lavish in its weirdness mm-hmm. but mm. the, the thing about wild wild west that i have trouble getting past and I, I you see this in adventure movies sometimes is that everybody seems to hate each other in the movie <laughs> and like, like the actors hate each other or just the characters just yeah. the don't characters wanna, yeah. like the like, like the characters I, I was i was watching oceans 12 the other day oh, and God. i had seen that it that's a came out freaking movie so, uh, so and like that's a thing like in my head i didn't remember anything about it i just remembered that it was fucking terrible mm-hmm. and watching it i was like oh wait this is bad because all of these characters are just like I would rather be anywhere else than near you. It's Final Fantasy Thirteen syndrome. Like that's yeah, it's that's Final what Fantasy it is. Thirteen syndrome. Yeah. And Wild Wild West, I feel like the racial slur scene with Kenneth Branagh sticks out in everybody's mind so much. Not just because like it is her like Kenneth Branagh is saying ridiculously, ridiculously horrible things through his absurd beard in that scene, but it's also like all of the tension bubbling to the surface of like uh, of of, and then you've got to like then there's just it's followed immediately by gratuitous biling ass no 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 no. i believe it is uh gratuitous selma hayek ass oh it's it's gratuitous i thought it was biling who's like it's always a cowboy poking around i was like oh okay but i'm then i'm thinking (coughs) of the uh, uh selma hayek butt flap in her yeah. long johns. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, that is yeah, that's a different one. That's because it's Bai Ling lures him through a door 
and then bad guys come out of a painting, which is pretty old school Wild <laughs> that Wild is, West. Yeah, that is that very is like Wild Wild West. Very old show. And this is a gaming podcast. Welcome to Games <laughs> <Radar>. <laughs> Games it's, radar. It's Games Radar. 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 Uh, we spent four everybody, minutes discussing Wild Wild yep, for Four solid minutes on giant steam-powered robot spiders. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello, and I am joined by a wonderful crew of Games Raiderites. Uh, we have staff writer Sam Prell. Hello. Uh, Are you lost? Have... <laughs> I have nothing clever to say. I was, too, I was still in You're... Wild Wild West land. You're too, you're too enamored with the idea of a man with a gramophone bell for an ear. Uh, we have Staff Roberts, Dave Boberts. I'm hunched over like with my cardigan covering my head, sunlight pouring in through the windows, looking up at uh, the cathedral and hissing at it. That's, that's my <laughs> Natural light. Yeah, that. And uh, finally, we have executive editor Susan Arndt. I have no idea what's going on. No. We've already I, well, lost it's the January. Plot. It's January. Like, a, uh, a good 83% of the time, uh, I have the, the Hey Ladies by the Beastie Boys going through my head. And that's just all <laughs> I am, is just that <laughs> song. The cowbell part Susan, specifically, right? The, 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 yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, precisely. Susan, recently I've taken to just walking up to my infant daughter and not not actually saying the lyrics, but just doing the plinking background melody of Girls by the Beastie Boys <laughs> when I see her. So I just walk up to her and grab her hands and just go... She's going to grow up to be a weird person. Yes. She, well, uh, yes, but weird and well-rounded in a delightful way. That's right, right. She's gonna be, she's gonna be well-rounded. She's gonna have a variety of experiences, which we, as a, collectively as a group, have had in video games. This is an unusual January. Over over the past decade, January has gone from the post-holiday dead zone in video games to being a land of riches. Uh, many, many, many games uh, have come out and are coming out over the course of the month, and we've been playing a lot of them. We've also recovered from our, our Switch mania, I think. I think every... <laughs> no, have we all stopped frothing at the mouth alternately with joy and anger? I can't believe they're putting that the, the voice chat stuff and lobbies on a phone <coughs> app. I, I can't believe that. I'm still... Really? You can't? No. You can't believe that? Really? I'm... Have you been watching Nintendo for the past several years? There are certain things that even I think are, like, beyond Nintendo. <laughs> and I'm always proven wrong. Like, I... it's fun. It's Such fun. is the folly of man, David. Yes. Such Dave, is... Dave <laughs> would you say that putting the lobby features on a smartphone app is beyond the violent Ken? Huh? Huh? Violent Ken? <laughs> The character in the Switch version of Street Fighter uh, 2? I'm going to attend to my resignation, I, Susan. I, I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't work like this. I can't. <laughs> I, I apologize. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help it. Yeah, there is. There, if anybody is unfamiliar with this, we covered briefly last week the fact that some of the online features uh, for the Nintendo Switch were going to be handled through an app on your phone or tablet, which... Uh, Not also we, through an app. Right. Only through yeah. an app. 
only through an app. That was a that was a point of discussion we had last week where we were like, is it is chat? That's what we discussed in the podcast last week. It was it was chat going to be restricted just to an app. And we have learned since, and this information was available on the official website at the time, but it was buried in there. Uh, not only is it only on the app, the chat is only on the app, but when you're looking for a match in a game, or trying to set up a lobby to play Mario Kart or Smash Brothers, you you can only do it using an app on a separate device. Which is... Bananas. Bananas! There's no other word! It's, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's bananas. awkward even by okay, Nintendo but, but, standards. But, but, okay, here's a question I, I have. Does the app still use, like, the bullshit friend codes, or is this a more and easier to integrate sort of friends so list? They, they haven't explained it yet, but oh. my... Dave and I were talking about this yesterday, and we we determined that the, the likeliest answer to that question is that Nintendo is trying to unify their Nintendo account system that they opened prior to Miitomo coming out. Mm-hmm. And the Nintendo account system works with Miitomo and Super Mario Run and uh, Fire Emblem, which was announced this week and is coming out very, very soon, a free-to-play strategy role-playing game. Uh, they did not confirm if there was face rubbing in Fire Emblem iOS, which is a bummer. Uh, but, I, like, you can see how they're like, all right, well, we had... The Puzzles and Dragons people, DNA, make us this online infrastructure for our new account system. We want everybody to use it. We want them playing on their mobile phones. 68% of people in the United States have a smartphone at this point, mm-hmm. and that's just here. So you've, you've got to think that they're like, well, wouldn't it be easy if we just make it all one thing, and they're going to, like, if somebody's playing their thing, they're going to have their phone anyway. It's still cumbersome. Here's where this gets me is the fact that you fucking have to pay money on top of all this I'm sorry, to use what? something that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah you well, yeah, Nintendo's you online service to, is paid. Yeah, it's paid. So you have okay, to okay, pay. Okay, wait. But, I mean, so is Xbox Live and so is PSN. Right, so. but, that's all right but at least those are system. integrated yeah, true, into the true, system. True, yeah. Like, part of what you're paying for, part of the reason that people loved Xbox Live... Uh, on the Xbox 360, and part of the reason people like PSN on PlayStation 4, uh, although they didn't like PSN on PS3, and uh, they don't seem to like Xbox Live on Xbox One still, was they integrated all of these features so simply. You didn't have to use, like, weird chat clients and and specific server, you know, custom server lobbies to play Counter-Strike like you'd had previously on PC. It put Mm -hmm. everything in one place. And now... You're pay. You're going to be paying either a monthly or an annual fee to play Smash Brothers, a game that thrives on quick rematches, mm. and you're going to have to be sitting there like looking down at your phone and clicking accept and thumbing through things. That that's it's like paying for the privilege to get kicked in the junk. Maybe that's extreme. It's weird. It's all weird. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, Susan, if you go to Nintendo's official site, it says what the difference is between the subscription version and the non-paid version. Mm, okay. All you get in the non-version in the non-paid version is access to the eShop. You can register your friends, you can share screenshots of social media, 
and you have access to the parental controls. The deals, the monthly game uh, download, the online gameplay, and online chatting is all paid. You can't even talk to somebody using the app unless you pay. Wow. At which point I would just be like, well, if I'm going to pay to use... Why, if all I need is to chat with somebody, why wouldn't I just use, like, Skype? But or, Yeah, call them because... on your phone that you have mm. to use. <laughs> but you, but if you don't pay, you don't get online gameplay anyway. So, I mean, I guess it... it uh, do, you, do you think that any of this has to do with Nintendo offloading some of the responsibilities that come with having an online service? Because Nintendo has been so skittish of like we absolutely. need to keep this oh, super yeah. kid friendly yeah. yeah and now that they don't have it on their system it's like well this is through your phone so it's not really our deal it's not it's not really well it's, i mean it's that's, all dna to me i mean to me that's a really smart decision because nintendo has because nintendo is does have such a high volume of younger players they've always been really really concerned about online safety which is great i mean that's yeah. that's a good thing it's always that, been welcome. It, yeah, and and that is uh, that has is responsible for most of the hurdles with of playing people online or them not having an online strategy or just you know they just don't want to deal with it. They don't have a proper chat. You can only use uh, you know certain phrases like "good game" or "yeah." Which I'm using tilt controls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's cool. However. Those combining those two things, like we would like to have a robust online gameplay, but we would also like to keep it safe. Holy crap, dude! That's that's a tall mountain to climb. So just yeah. saying, you know what? We're not even going to try. Is is a better business decision? Yeah, that makes sense. I I do. I am surprised that it's not free. That it's I'm not. That, that... Come on, Xbox gets money for theirs and and. PlayStation gets money for theirs. Why shouldn't Nintendo get money for theirs? Yeah, I, I my, my, again, it's not that I don't think that there's an inherent problem with, uh, not, I, I, I do think that you should charge for online services. I just think that those services should, you know, if you're paying for them, as you do with PSN or Xbox Live, it should be that you're paying for a premium product. You know, okay, if that's if, fair, yeah. Right, like, and and premium to me is integrated. Like, mm. you know, you that it, that should be a thing that if I am paying for this service, I can press a button on my switch and I'm all of a sudden playing with my friends. You know, if if Steam can do it for free, and I mean, hell, if Apple, if Apple can make Game Center have free basic services, Game Center is broken as fuck. Yeah. Right, but the, the that's my point. Like, it's it's terrible but at least it functions like it actually works just not well yeah i know i know that's a debatable that's a debatable that's thing. super debatable and it's all it's, it's it's leaderboards and matchmaking there's no chat there's no i mean it's not it's just not that's not comparable right so yeah. switch yeah. so switches online what i hear is switches online services are going to be the toonses the cat of <laughs> Video yes. games in 2017. Yes. Wait, I, well, I yeah. guess I can connect to my friends and play online, <laughs> just not very well. <laughs> Do we have any idea how much it costs yet? We don't. No right? idea. No. no, no, we don't. Well, here's uh, the and... thing. I okay. Yes, it's going to be for money, which is reasonable. The question is how much money, yeah. right? Like if it's 
and it won't be. But if it's like a dollar a month, right? You know, right? It won't be. It'll be like five. It'll probably be. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can expect it to probably be in line with PlayStation Plus. What is PlayStation Plus at this point? Sixty dollars a year. Sixty, I think. Yeah. Sixty dollars a year, and yeah, I mean, and and you know, you get all that kind. Of, it's it's comparable to PlayStation Plus. You get. You get a selection of free games every month that are yours as long as you have the subscription. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Bum, bum, that's bum. not what happens. <laughs> that's, that's, oh. Yeah, that, everybody. That See, that one's BS. That one is yeah. such BS. We should provide a little button for people to press when they listen to the <laughs> podcast sometimes that'll have the whammies from Press Your Luck come on screen. <laughs> <laughs> big bucks, big bucks, no whammy. Uh, which is exactly what Kazuma Kiryu says every single time he punches a thug in the face in Yakuza Zero. And money flies which, out. And money flies and money, out. Cash money flies out. Oh my yeah. god, this game. Yaku- Yakuza Zero is out this week. Susan has questions, Next, questions. Well, about no, it. Yes, on Monday. Yes, this week. My my brain. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, as you're listening to this, you'll be able to go into a store tomorrow and buy a game where you will spend your first three hours doing things like Karaoke. punching a guy in the face and watching his money explode out of his teeth. And telling a high school girl that she should probably stop selling her underpants on the street because it's what? dangerous. What? And or helping <laughs> a group of crappy poser punk kids try to come off as hardcore to their fans. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, <laughs> help a kid buy a. Pl- okay, so so Cosmic Hero, yeah. he, he is so like self serious <laughs> and stoic, and he's so true to his word like to a fault and the most of the game's humor takes advantage of that so there's a part where this kid wants you to buy something for him and you're like yeah dude you're a kid this is like a dark alley it's fine like look I want to help you. I don't want you to get hurt. I'm going to do it. And you find out that this kid traveled all the way down from his like like neighborhood 2 hours away by train to buy a porto mag from the end of like a dark alley and you're just like, man, I don't know, but I told him that I gotta do this. So, and then a bunch of a bunch of people start milling around, so you have to sneak past them so no one sees you buy this porno mag for this kid. I love this game so much, Susan. Okay, in the exact same area, there's another side quest where you go up to like a, a general goods store. It's like a Kmart, and there is a line outside. And this game takes place in 1988, and people are, they don't directly call it this, but they're lined up to buy Dragon Quest 3. Oh. And everybody's excited because Dragon Quest 3 is coming out. And you talk to a little boy in line who saved up all his money, and he's buying a copy of Dragon Quest 3. And when you walk by later, he's gotten his copy, but then a teenager beat him up and stole his copy of Dragon Quest 3. So you have to chase down the teenager to beat him up. But after you beat him up, it's revealed that a mobster stole his copy of Dragon Quest III. So you have to go chase the mobster to beat him up. And then a higher-ranking mobster has stolen the copy of Dragon Quest III. So you go to beat him up, but after you beat him up, you find out the high-ranking mobster 
was the kid's father, yep. and he was trying to surprise him with a copy of Dragon Quest Three, and they have a tender father-son moment. This game is magic. This series okay, okay. is... Okay. okay. Back up. I have some very basic questions. Okay. So, the reason I never played any of the Yakuza games is because, as everybody knows, Yakuza is the Japanese mob, right? right. Yeah. I don't like games where you're the bad guy. I don't play GTA. Mm. I do, like I'm I'm not into that. Okay. Right. So right. explain to me, explain to me, explain to me <laughs> what cuz cuz is the lead character not in the mob? Okay. okay. That's so. yeah. <laughs> That's if you explain the story of Yakuza 0, which is a prequel to the whole series, uh, as the name would imply, there are some answers to that riddle. I will say, before Dave summarizes the story, that a little cultural background is the Yakuza differs from what we think of as, like, the traditional organized crime world. Okay. In that, in feudal Japan, the Yakuza formed because, basically, peasants, anybody who wasn't part of the warrior class basically just didn't have any rights. Okay. Your your life, your property, everything was, you know, just automatically the property of your lord. Okay. During the the uh the Tokugawa Restoration, which is the end of the Civil War period and heading into the Meiji Restoration in the 19th century, as Japan started to westernize and uh, have contact with Europe and establish international trade routes, there was a push at a local level to create groups that could organize and protect the interests of people who weren't part of the nobility or warrior class. And so you had a shady underground network of people who were like enforcers and... and uh, a militia, really, okay. to sort of help people, and that's where the yakuza came from. Yeah, like okay. they're they're actually they're <coughs> uh, described as a semi-legitimate organization, right? So, like, they do things that are that are good. Like, the, when there was the those huge earthquakes back in 2011, like the government couldn't mobilize fast enough to rescue people, so the yakuza was like. Let's just do it. And they brought in their own helicopters and started helping people. They have their own helicopters. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's normal. All yeah. right. Right. So, okay. But yes, they are criminals. But they also do bad <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. like, they do uh, a lot of like, human trafficking. Yeah. Some, some families right. yeah, they do. Yeah. on drugs. Uh, some yeah. families, you know, like... Gambling. But they also... That's also that, part of my problem is I find any game about drug dealers to be incredibly boring. I just... There's oh, there's no, there's no oh. drug dealing. Yeah, there's, there's no, no drug dealing. Yeah, in Yakuza. And right. what what there is usually is mostly, like, funny. I don't know. Yeah. If it ever comes up at all, but it's it's rare when it does. So uh, are but you... Yeah. Bring, okay. okay. I need very simple, simple answers to my questions. Okay. Are you a good guy? Yes, constantly. Okay. Kind of. Well, okay. you, you are no, Yakuza the heart of gold. <laughs> Kazuma Kiryu is a, is a, he grew up inside the Yakuza, uh-huh. but he grew up inside the Yakuza as basically a way 
to follow his father figure and pay him back for taking him in as an orphan. Yeah. And he is very, very committed to this traditional 19th century idea of the Yakuza. Which which puts him at odds with modern Yakuza rather All the time. (laughs) Constantly. Okay, okay. I need... Okay, again, simple answer. (laughs) Compare the the gameplay to another series that I might have played. The Witcher. It is The Witcher... But yes, it is it, the it is, closest. Yeah. Yes, the closest comparison is The Witcher meets uh, Final Fight with a little bit okay. of Shenmue. With a little bit of Shenmue, but like, yeah, yeah, a little bit of Shenmue. But and The Witcher, it's, it's Final Fight in that that's you, the combat. Is you get into fights. that's the combat. Yeah, okay, you beat yeah, the so crap out of people. Uh, f- Fisticuffs, uh, grab <laughs> improvised weapons. And okay. smashing them over people's heads, but yeah, you basically you just you run around these highly detailed locations in uh, Japan, and you talk to people and you do quests, and occasionally you'll run around and uh, yakuza will show up randomly and they'll accost you. Or in this case, in this game, you can distract them by throwing a wad of cash in the air uh, <laughs> and walk past them because there's yeah. so much money. Hey um, man, that that would work. Let's let's yep. be real. That would yes, work. it would. How would you? Yeah. How would you compare it, is... it to uh, Sleeping Dogs, which on the face seems very similar? No, 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 no. Yeah, not not, not even remotely. Like See, a lot of Sleeping I've, Dogs. I've, that's what I thought too, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Sleeping face, Dogs is like Grand Theft Auto. Like, yeah. see, and the unfortunate fact of the matter is that when the original Yakuza came out in two thousand five, it was immediately pegged by like the the western press as oh this is japan's answer to grand theft auto right because grand theft auto was at its peak of popularity this was like right when san andreas came out so the idea of somebody involved with organized crime in a city where you could take on missions was automatically and and like and that's bullshit it's not it's It's not that at all it is it is an rpg like a jrpg uh that's what it is so, like in The Witcher, you have a main storyline that you can progress at your leisure most of the time. Like, there will be one big mission, and then for the rest of the time, you're, you're free to wander the city and take on side missions, where you run into sort of, like, the silly side stories that Dave and I were talking about, or in Yakuza 0, you can, you can run businesses is a big thing that you do in Yakuza Zero. You you are trying to raise money, or you can st- you can join a bowling league. Yeah, where chicken yes. is your manager. <laughs> now we are talking about something that is relevant to my interests because right. yeah, I saw the most amazing video the other day, mm-hmm. and I tweeted about it, and it is a clip from Yakuza Zero, in which our hero goes bowling, gets three strikes in a row, which is known as a turkey. And often, and this is true, oftentimes, especially around the holidays, uh, bowling alleys will reward you with a frozen turkey for getting three strikes in a row. In this case, however, he is presented with a live chicken who is apparently very good at finance. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. That is amazing. Yeah. And that is, that's Yakuza in a nutshell. Like, it is, 
I, I keep going back to The Witcher because Kazuma Kiryu himself is a very Geralt-like figure. Yeah. He, he, he's, you know, has the outward appearance of just being, like, the baddest-ass warrior of all time. And he's dangerous, and people are afraid of him. But then, he always is just sort of getting himself in these madcap situations mm-hmm. that are, are bizarre, and he's the perfect straight man for the absurd world around him. Where chickens can be managers, or you know, so on and so forth. One of the, one of my favorite things about the series, and Susan, one of the very first stories I ever wrote for you. That actually, is true. That is true. Back in the day, yeah. uh, uh, at the Escapist, what is is that the city itself, uh, the Camarocho, which is a fictionalized version of this red light district, <coughs> remains consistent throughout the series. And one of my favorite things is in Yakuza 2, there's, there's a small part of the city called the Champion District, which is this really tightly packed series of streets <laughs> in the northeastern corner. And it's always there in all of these games, and there's always missions there. Uh, but there is a bar called Mama's there that is run by an older trans woman named Mama. And you meet Mama in Yakuza 2 because these punks are, like, giving her a hard time. They're, they're committing a hate crime. And Kazuma Kiryu shows up and he's like, I will beat the shit out of you. And he does. And from that point on, he's, like, Mama's favorite patron at the bar. And one of the first things I did in Yakuza 0 was, like, I was like, oh, crap. I'm 20-year-old Kazuma Kiryu. I'm going to go see if Mama's is there. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it is, but they don't know each other yet. And it's it's awesome. It's just this this wonderful sense of of history and place continuity. And, yeah, which is rare co- yeah. to see. And then and then you you know you're you're embroiled in a a bigger story, which uh, Dave you can you can break down the story this time. This is this is this also goes back to your question about like the role of criminal life in these games. Yeah. So, like, the, the the whole plot of the game is, it t- because it takes place in 1988, it was, it's this era of, like, it's one of the greatest economic booms in uh, modern Japanese history, which is why, like, money just pours out of everywhere. You just throw money, you use money to upgrade your skills. Everything's all about money. Uh, but, beca- like, Yakuza is also a series of, like, ironic and absurd juxtapositions, so there's money everywhere, and all of these Yakuza families are fighting over this crappy dirt lot. It's just this hole in the wall, nothing. There's like a discarded board on the side of it. Like, and, and no one knows who owns this piece of land. But whoever owns this piece of land will be able to control the entire district and uh, basically complete the the Kamurocho revitalize, uh, revitalization project, which is this huge multi-billion yen real estate deal to um, and and whoever owns it gets to control it. So so bas- the plot is you are a Cosma, the sort of the in this game you are a low level yakuza, and you get framed for a murder in in Japan, like like a a, a gun death too. So it's like it, in Japan oh, wow. that's that's a big deal. So you are uh, you end up having to leave the yakuza because 
you don't want to bring honor and shame to your family. So you are a civilian, and you spend the rest of the game trying to figure out uh, who owns it, why, and, and like basically stop people from doing bad things. And then you also play as uh, this character named Goro Majima. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> hey, Goro Majima is like a cross between uh, Mercutio and Romeo and Juliet and Jake the Snake Roberts from WWF and... <laughs> yeah. He, he's absurd. He's bananas. Uh, in the... In the the main series, he's he is just like he he's your frenemy in in the main series, and um, he shows up all the time to just harass you, especially in the first game. Uh, but in Yakuza Zero, he is far more straight laced because he uh, was a Yakuza and was disgraced, and now the family has forced him to live in this town called Sotenbori as the manager of a nightclub, and until he pays his debts off, and, you know, the way that Yakuza runs, he ain't gonna pay his debts off anytime soon. (coughs) So, um, you play as him, and both characters, uh, sort of get embroiled in different sections of this this same sort of, like, MacGuffin that uh, everyone wants. And uh, the way that their paths sort of, like, uh, not exactly intersect, but, like, the, the way that they sort of weave in and out of each other. Uh, you play as Cosmo for two missions, or for two chapters, then you play as Majima for two chapters. Um, man, Majima's great. So the the, the, <laughs> the introduction of Goro Majima is great because he is he runs his club with such utter professionalism like, to a comedic fault. He is, like, if a Yakuza throws a punch at him, he will dodge out of the way without even acknowledging that the punch happened, and then, like, reappear with a bottle of champagne to pour for him. <laughs> uh, and that's how he's introduced, is this this man who's so, like, the customer is king, that while this guy is trying to beat him up, he is uh, waiting on him hand and foot. So does this still sound like sleeping dogs, Susan and Sam? This sounds like Shenmue with a point. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Sick burn. Yeah. No, no, no. It is. It like and it, yes, it's Shenmue with a point. Because a lot and of I love, developers... I love Shenmue. By the way, that's not necessarily a huge diss on Shenmue. I love. No, but it's accurate. About taking <coughs> care of totally a kid and getting capsule toys. <laughs> but this sounds yeah. like Shenmue with a point. Yes. It's Shenmue with a point, and I will say, if either of you or anyone listening has looked at the series and been like wow, that sounds so cool, but there are now five of these games, a zombie spinoff. Wait, wait, Oh, God, that's right, there is the zombie one. Stop, I forgot about that. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's called Uh, Dead Souls. It's a shooter. It's called Dead Souls. Yeah, they they made a spinoff that takes place, like, in an alternate universe (laughs) where zombies overrun Kamurocho. Stop it. Um, No, I can't. Don't. I can't. Susan, there are also two other spinoffs called uh, uh, Ishin, and Yakuza Ishin is all of these characters, but actually in feudal Japan, getting embroiled in the feudal... Yeah, and unfortunately, (coughs) they've just refused to localize those. It sounds like a nightmare. Understandable. Yeah, Yeah, it, uh, it is literally a localization nightmare. It would be really, really difficult to do properly. But Yakuza Zero is a perfect game to start with. There is no baggage for any of these characters at this point. 
it's the story is very clean. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I love Yakuza Five was one of my favorite games that came out uh, in 2015, but you know when you watch you watch it like there's an hour long intro movie in Yakuza Five, and at the end what? of it, I was cheering. But at the end of it, it was like a man who's never properly named in the game calling a taxi driver the sixth chairman and then lighting a cigarette. And I was like, yes, yes, this is awesome! But to anyone yeah. playing it, they would be like, what is going on? And there are like there are four protagonists, and one of right. them is a teenage girl who's been in the games <clears throat> from, since like Yakuza... God. So she was a baby. Yeah. Like, like she, yeah. And, and she gets, like, she's trying to be a pop star, and it's like, yeah, it's, like, it's so... This is none of that. Yeah. This is none of that. This is, there is this guy, his predicament in who he is and his background is clearly explained within the first 20 minutes, and you're playing within the first 10. It is uh, awesome. Yeah. A hell of a, hell of a place to start. And it, it actually, like, it has all looks really the... good. Oh, like yeah, it looks great. Like the it's sixty frames a second, I think, as well. Yeah, which really helps the combat feel uh, snappy. Uh, Majima <coughs> can't break dance fight, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so like. Does this sell you guys on on Yakuza? Hearing that it doesn't have these crime elements, that this is like, is this something that you would be more interested in playing now that you know that? Yeah, yes. now, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's weird. I, I feel like Sega is in the tough position that there's a lot of interest in the, these games now. Uh, they finally sort of are finding their audience in the West who's always been uh, hungry for these things. But telling new fans what it is is tricky because you can't you can't sell it to that crowd that's like, yeah, I want to be a gangster and be a tough guy because it's not that and at the same time you, you can't just use the chicken named nuggets who's your bowling <laughs> manager because that doesn't really tell you everything either uh but yeah it's it's it so tells good. me everything i need to know it does it tells you and the, susan it speaks to the the uh person inside you who buys uh <laughs> harvest moon plushes uh, by the way, did you see? I know that Harvest Moon sucks now, and it's yeah, it all a story yeah. of seasons. Yeah. But there's a capybara Harvest Moon stuffed what? animal for the new one. Yeah. What? I'm putting it out there. I just okay. want you to. I just. I want you to know these things. I need to have that. Uh, yes. So yeah. you can be aware. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna move on, uh, from Yakuza to another Japanese series. Uh, that is getting its first new game uh, since 2012. Uh, well, first mainline game, because there was Resident Evil Revelations 2 in 2015. Which was but good. Which is good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, great. Right. It's okay. It's, it is... It's fine. Uh, it's not... It's... It, it's... Okay. Look. look. <laughs> Let's... <sighs> if, if a Resident Evil game doesn't actively suck like if it does <laughs> right, not take a like few a years off your life because it's so bad i'm calling it a win yeah yeah and, and revelatons too revelatons too does, does not that. do that yeah uh, well so resident evil 7 as you're listening to this uh like yakuza zero 
Resident Evil 7 will be out tomorrow. And uh, none of us have played more than a demo. We have not played the full game. We're, right. we're going to have a review for you uh, while this is up. Uh, but we're all at least intrigued. We all have something to say about Resident Evil 7. Uh, Susan, you were at one time an enormous Resident Evil fan back Huge. in the days of Code Veronica. Mm. Well, back, I mean, it started with... Uh, I was at a flea market with my then-boyfriend, and somebody was selling PlayStation games, <laughs> and... Resident Evil was there and I didn't know anything about it and my boyfriend said you would really love it you should pick it up and I got the first one for I think it was four dollars nice and yeah nice <coughs> and, and then that was it I was like this is is amazing and I and I love everything about it and I just tore through the first three they're some of the only games I actually played through to completion at that time, because I'm not, a, I'm not a person who, like, I play as much of a game as I want to, and then I feel like I've gotten out of it what I need to, and I'm done. But those, sure. I just, rah, like, no, give it to me, give it to me. Uh, and, and Resident Evil, I don't love Resident Evil 4 as much as some other people do, but mm. I thought it was a good game. And then, and then, Resident Evil 5 came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then there was Resident <clears throat> Evil 5. Yeah. So Resident Evil 5 is the game that started the trend of what Resident Evil has been for the past, and this is going to really kind of sound crazy saying it out loud, but that was eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 5 sent us down. Out of the two decades of Resident Evil, there was a second decade of darkness where it was just action. Like, I, I they are, as I described to our own Dave Houghton, a series of games that feel like the fever dream John Woo would have after finishing a bottle of NyQuil and going to bed watching Michael Bay's Bad Boys 2. Uh, they're very strange, and they're dumb, and there's a lot of action. They're, they're not necessarily terrible <laughs> games. Yes, they are. I, yes, I, I, they are. Well, I, I don't like them. But I, 5 is at least well-made. <laughs> 5... I... I, I oh, no? Okay. All Not right. well made? <sighs> it is well made in that the uh, production quality is is there. The graphics are good. The control is good. The sound quality is good. It is a quality product in that sense. It is hot garbage <laughs> from start to finish. It's like, like, like okay... All right, so we're gonna we're gonna take Resident Evil in a new direction. We're gonna be more action oriented. We're gonna take it out into the sunshine, which I thought that was a bold move, actually. Yeah, yeah. I appreciated the intent behind that. Uh, but then we're gonna we're gonna put all the creativity and innovation aside, and we're just gonna copy paste, copy paste. Guy with the chainsaw, yeah, yeah copy paste. Put him right there. It's just such <sighs> shit. Also, even even the the daylight thing—that's bullshit. Because Resident Evil Four starts in the daylight. It's it's not even oh, Resident yeah, Evil Five. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Resident Evil Five is let's take everything that Resident Evil Four did interesting, and just make it so that there's no connective tissue between yeah. the big moments, and let you play it together. And add vehicles. And add some really troubling racial imagery. Oh, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. add let's add some really really troubling racial imagery to the whole mix. 
but now, and, and like, and Resident Evil 6 took all that to, to a whole new place. Resident Evil 6 is one of the most insane games I've ever played in my entire life. The Giraffe Fellatio game. Yeah, there is, there is an amazing quote from Francis Ford Coppola on the documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now. And he goes, we had access to too much money, too much technology. And slowly we went insane. <laughs> and that is that is the story of Resident Evil 6, a game made by 600 staff members across the entire world. Think about coordinating 600 people trying to make a coherent story. Uh, it didn't go great. Uh, but now Resident Evil 7 is coming out. And Resident Evil 7 is a, a very intentional return to a horror theme. Uh, it is uh, also a return to the very initial concept for the original Resident Evil. The original Resident Evil on PlayStation was supposed to be first person uh, before they ended up making it what it was. And the reason it wasn't first person is it didn't run well. They couldn't, they right. couldn't make it work on the PlayStation like they wanted it to. <clears throat> so they they you know switched to the iconic tank controls on pre-rendered backgrounds of Alone in the Dark and the rest is history. And now there is this a a game where you're playing as a detective who is trapped in a house uh at least for part of the game with some monsters and some bad people and there's item management and uh do we know there are monsters? Yes. yes. Okay. They, they, they have been monsters. seen in trailers and screenshots. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there are not just uh they, so there were there was a lot of consternation after Resident Evil 7 was revealed at E3 this past year because people were like, uh are you just slapping the Resident Evil name onto your your PT clone here? Mm-hmm. Uh and in fairness to the people that accused it of that, that's what it seemed like. It seemed like you were just stuck in a really bad episode, uh, but really scary episode of Unsolved Mysteries, and you were Robert Stack. Uh, oh, God. Aunt, Jesus, Anthony. I don't even... No? <sighs> <sighs> not? You're not Robert Stack? Hi, what they didn't know about... Let me explain who Robert Stack is. <laughs> For those of you who aren't old... <laughs> know who robert stack is come on <laughs> anthony they don't know who robert stack totally is. everybody listening look, knows who look, robert stack no, is no, okay look i need to give you a little, a little <laughs> just a little slice of perspective here so uh, uh project runway <coughs> has kids on it from 13 to like 19 right sure and 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 tim gunn comes in and they're doing beachwear so he's like oh it's like it's gilligan's island in here they had no idea what gilligan's island was okay half of them didn't know who david bowie was all right Aww. so like robert stack they don't know who ultra magnus from the transformers is he was oh, also robert stack Jesus, I just... hashtag robert stack <laughs> So Susan, why are you? Why are you? There's a problem. Why are you? Why are you pumped about uh, Robert Stack evil? <laughs> Robert Stack evil seven biohazard. Uh, because uh, <coughs> the thing I I liked about the Resident Evils and most particularly Code Veronica was a creepiness 
Yeah. Right? Like, a zombie by itself is not... It's just, stop it. It's just... It's it's not creepy. I mean, you could, if you could drop any other enemy into the place of the zombie or the infected or the whatever, and it wouldn't make a substantive difference to the feel of the game, for me, that is not Resident Evil. Resident Evil comes brings with it a feeling of claustrophobia, of vulnerability, of dread, of creepiness. Like, do you remember back in uh, the first time you saw a liquor? Mm-hmm. In, oh, in yeah. Resident Evil? In Resident it's Evil 2? Like, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love that scene. It's terrifying. It's like, what the hell? Because it's not, it's that? not that moment... When it's on the ceiling at the beginning of Resident Evil 2, it goes by the window. Yes! And you just see it for, like, two seconds, this, like, fleshy thing going really quick. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, and that's something that really, really went by the wayside as the franchise went on. This uh, version of Resident Evil is bringing that back, that feeling of vulnerability, that feeling that, I don't know what is behind that door, and I have to go through that door to maybe get the hell out of here. F. Mm. It, it, it's bringing that fear back into the, the franchise, and that's something that makes me very, very happy. Now, I'm not super enthusiastic about the whole, the, the PT-ness of the, uh, you know, you point the, the hand at the thing and you wait for the giggle, and then that's how you get the coin. And Right, right. I, I feel like that kind of obtuse puzzle-solving and it's not necessary to advance in the game, but I feel like it gets in the way. It's just a yeah. little too difficult to engage with. Um, so I, I, I'm hoping that there's not too much of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's funny. I, I understand why the team making this game was intrigued by that sort of puzzle solving in the original PT, mm-hmm. because the original Resident Evil especially was like it was such a communal experience you know the the puzzles could be so obtuse Mm -hmm. and a lot of people forget that the original resident evil had multiple endings and it wasn't clear how to go about getting them Mm -hmm. like it it wasn't like you know barry burton i hope this isn't chris's blood barry (laughs) uh yeah, you know, there it wasn't clear how you that you could even get Barry to survive at the end or to get anyone to survive at the end or there there were all of these different sort of mysteries about it. And obviously, you know, there were people who could go by the strategy guide, but there wasn't there wasn't hey, it's Joe YouTube long play here with your walkthrough on day 1. People had to talk to each other to figure out how to actually do things in Resident Evil. And we also forget because we've we've played them so many times and we're used to the language of that game that there were some things that like you 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 had to examine a painting in the background say in uh, a- uh Alexia Ashford's mansion in uh Resident Evil Code Veronica which can we all agree Code Veronica has the best voice acting of the series yes like yes. across the board and not not just Leonardo DiCaprio lookalike Steve, but the, the uh, Alfred Ashford and Alexia Ashford are probably my favorite characters to listen to in the entire world. Welcome to my mansion, Claire. <laughs> yeah. You'll never escape. Uh, but like, <laughs> there was there was very little in the game to even hint that you should observe these things in the background. 
You know, like, sometimes an item would glint, but you would just have to be like, do I hit that light switch? Is that something I can interact with at all? And working these sort of PT-esque puzzles in to recapture that sense of communication with people, I think is kind of neat, but I'm with you, Susan. I don't want that shit there. Like, I, I find it distracting. If there was, like, a secondary mode that was all the arcane puzzles, like they used to do with mercenaries in uh, in Resident Evil games, which is, like, the, mm, mm-hmm. the pure action mode... If there was just, like, weirdo puzzle mode, I'd be way on board. <laughs> That's what they call it, too. <laughs> weirdo puzzle mode. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, weirdo puzzle mode EX. Maybe it uh, maybe it wasn't a Resident Evil game, but I swear there was some game that actually did that that had separate settings for action and puzzle difficulty. Oh, Resident uh, Evil 3. Resident Evil which, 3 did that. Did it? Uh, yeah, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis which was not supposed to be Resident Evil 3. Code Veronica was supposed to be Resident Evil 3, but it was going to get delayed. Uh, I, I don't know why I know these things still. Uh, <laughs> Resident Evil 3 had uh, a couple of things that were different for the series, and one of them is random item generation. And it's like, you know, item management is a big part of Resident Evil tradition. It's like you gotta, you know, you only can carry these many items and you need to save your bullets, etc., and the difficulty settings in Resident Evil 3 let you vary, you know, item placement and frequency. And if I think it's if you set it to easy, there's just ammo everywhere, so you can play it like a combat game. But if you set it on normal, there's a greater emphasis on healing items and less on uh, ammo and stuff like that. So you can sort of focus on the, the puzzly elements. Yeah, I just Sam, I, you're as not. You were, you're as not you're talking it, about that. That just gave me. I remembered that that there was some game out there that had separate settings for, uh, you know, regular combat difficulty and mm. puzzle difficulty. Sam, you are not very excited about Resident Evil Seven. No, mm, well, eh, it, it's <laughs> maybe I'm. I might be stuck in in ye olden ways and have a very defined concept of what. Um, Resident Evil means to me, and mm. I think I I am that way about several different series now that I kind of think about it. But yeah, to me, like the first Resident Evil game that I ever played was Code Veronica, um, because I got it for the Dreamcast, and the Dreamcast just didn't have a huge library at the time, and I wanted something new to play. Mm. Um, and then that led me to 2 and 3, and then the GameCube remake, and then 0, and I really liked all of those, and then 5 was where I dropped off, and I just, it's, to me, Resident Evil is a very slow, methodical, uh, like Susan was saying, you know, it's, there's a door in front of you, you know that there's probably something bad, you have no idea what specifically but you know you need to go through that door. And mm. so it becomes this every room is a puzzle in and of itself, not to mention the, you know, blue crests and eagle crests and all that sort of stuff. But each room because it's uh becomes its own puzzle where you start thinking about how do I survive and how do I get through this? I hope that Resident Evil 7 will be like that. <laughs> but from what I've seen in trailers and um the demos and stuff, it feels much more guided. Mm. Um, 
like a PT experience where it's like, you know, you've done this thing. Now go do this next thing. Now mm. go do that. It feels much more like a s- straight line from one objective to the next as opposed to this terrifying, I have no idea where to go. I know I need to go somewhere, but it's going to be a bad deal wherever I end up going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a big part of why Resident Evil 7 doesn't interest... I, I am interested. I shouldn't say it doesn't interest me. It doesn't excite me. Mm. Sam, you're a big uh, early tech adopter. You love getting tech as soon as it's available. And I know Shit. that yeah. you, uh, you, got a, you got an HTC Vive. Uh, I did. As soon as you could. Is Resident Evil 7, it, like, does it at least fall into the same sort of category that Code Veronica did, where you were like, I gotta have something on my Dreamcast. <laughs> Do you look at this and say, I gotta have uh, Resident Evil 7 on my PC so I can use my Vive and do the, the VR thing? If Resident Evil 7 was any good in VR, I might feel that way, but I tried <laughs> Resident Evil 7 in VR. And even though I didn't give up like I think everybody else who went to that demo appointment did, I made it Ooh. through the demo, I was still like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> it is a very nauseating game, and I've played like a lot of VR games at this point, and I still don't know if I want to touch that with a ten foot pole. Have we heard from anybody about if they've rebalanced that? Like, has anybody played? Did Leon in his preview get to do it in VR, and all of a sudden, uh, not Leon S. Kennedy, uh, or <laughs> Leon, Leon Hurley? Uh, Leon Hurley of I don't of yeah Trader. I don't I know he has been playing it in VR. Uh, I do not know if it made him if the the demo made him nauseous mm. as it did mm. so many of us at E3. Uh, so I can't say. Yeah, hey, you did not you didn't fare well on that demo either, Susan. That right? is what caused me to cancel my pre-order for PSVR yeah. because I had <laughs> not had any issues with VR and I had tried PSVR many times. And then I played that, and I was like, oop, oop, yeah. okay. It went bad. It went it bad. It was I, I, not good. Yeah. yeah. I, I ran, I physically panicked at one point in that demo and ripped the VR helmet off of my face and had turned such a violent shade of green that uh, a friend of the show, Jess Condit of Engadget, ran over with a bucket and started rubbing my back, being like, are you going to be okay? It did it to me, too. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, you're going to be fine. <laughs> I think, if I remember right, I think I was the only one who actually finished the demo. And I didn't want to. I just did it because I didn't want to be the only, I wanted to be <laughs> the only person who finished it. Yeah. Yeah. I, the the demo, I haven't, I haven't played the two demos that they've released on PSN since. Uh, one of which was a version of that demo that they updated a couple of times there there was there were tweaks to it uh i haven't played anything or really watched anything of resident evil 7 since e3 i've read our previews of it but even reading previews it's almost like the old resident evil games before you played them you could read a lot about it and you're still you'd still be like i don't know what this is going to be like in in practice at all uh I'm like you guys. I'm I'm very excited uh, because I love Resident Evil uh, so much as a series. I, I love them. Uh, I love one. Uh, I didn't love one when it first came out because it scared me too much. 
I was 14, and it scared the crap out of me like I was five. I was just... (laughs) But Susan, that first zombie, it's just like... And it wasn't even that it was a zombie. It's that early CG looked so weird. Like, that full motion video of the zombie, something about it just really, really rubbed me the wrong way. That's fair. Like, like a really spooky episode of Unsolved Mysteries with Robert. Oh my Stag. god, I hate <laughs> you so much. <laughs> like a really spooky Why episode of Unsolved I... Okay. <laughs> Dave, you have always been uh, sort of a Resident Evil admirer. You like how weird it is, but you don't like playing these games. Are you going to play this? Uh, I don't know. I played the demo. And like, I get what they're trying to go for. I just, like, I'm, one, I'm very horror squeamish. I don't, mm. like, and it does the thing where it's like, oh, you open up the pot, and inside the pot is, the, is a bunch of bad food instead of good food. What? <laughs> and, I don't know, like, I don't like that kind of horror. I've never really yeah. liked, like, gross, gross-out horror. Um, which is why, like, Resident Evil 4, I think, spoke to me more than any of the other games in the series did because it was horror but in, in a different it, it, it was a it was a suspense horror where the the horror was about resource management it was about always feeling like you are five bullets shy of making it out of any encounter and that to me was really cool um and like yeah just I've tried to play Resident Evil 1, 2, uh, and on, and just the, the controls oh, and the they're, inventory they're, management. Yeah, they're not playable and, yeah. anymore. You, you can't. Uh, and like, but I, I get why people like them. I do. I, I, can, I admire them from afar. Uh, and the, But then, you know, Resident Evil 5 was just, like you said, it was bad. And Resident Evil 6, like, I like weird stuff, but that game, it was just boring. <laughs> no, yeah, you can't, it's not, no. It's boring. And it's that, like, it's, it was like playing Devil's Third, you know? It's like you're expecting, like, oh, like, train wreck games can be fun. Um, right. But this was a train wreck in that you're playing it, you're just like, oh. Everything just feels so safe, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, I, I, I hope Resident Evil 7 does well for them because it's such a, like, wild departure from what's come before. <laughs> Um, first person view, like what, and, and this demo is apparently like it's not even in the game. It's like a chapter zero or something for the. Oh wow! Yeah, so what happens in this demo is probably like, may not even be indicative of what's actually in the game. So like that that is exciting, and it's it just it's exciting to like, like I, I wrote an article about this when I saw it at E three. But it was like playing Breath of the Wild, you know, and, and turning it on and and stepping out of that first area and op- trying to open a treasure chest and he kicks it, but he stubs his toe on the treasure chest and it doesn't open. Right. And it's just like, everything is different and I don't know what to expect. And that's exciting. It's just that Resident Evil has never really been my thing. Never been your jam. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. Apparently, when you actually fire up the real game, you know, there's the classic uh, Resident Evil voice in the game. When you press start, there's like this scratchy Resident Evil. Yeah. But now, when you do it, it goes, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Robert Stack. Welcome <laughs> to Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. 
Uh, Susan, Susan has just given up on you. This is how people <laughs> die, you know. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, before we depart from the uh, <coughs> the the Resident Evil topic, a, a bunch of people asked me about my tweet about us calling it Biohaz. Oh yeah. From here on out. Okay. So, for some bizarre reason, the UK refers to Resident Evil as Resi. Yes. Yeah. That's just that's it. Not RE. Not Resident Evil. Resi. Yeah. And it drives me <laughs> crazy. Because they're the only ones who do it. And it's all over our website. Resi, 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 Resi. I'm like, okay. We need we need to find a way for me to stay sane. But, you know, we, we can't just ask them to, to call it Resident Evil because then we're choosing the American way. and, and yeah, Right? So, compromise. Biohaz. Biohaz. <laughs> I, I still like Dentival. Dent- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Dentival has a has a real nice feel. It just sounds like a, like a game about it an evil like, dentist, though. Yeah, no, I it's, it's get, a retirement home for evil. From that, I get like a fun festival, <laughs> like it's a carnival of dentists. Like it's there's a, a there's a no, merry-go-round made yeah. of teeth. That's scary. Oh my god, Jesus! Yeah, you're that's walking terrible. me through a nightmare here, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, good. Now we've got clowns in it. That's great. That's just great. <laughs> clown dentists. Clown Man, dentists, I, yeah. I, I, oh, wait, cool. is a clown dentist a dentist who is a clown or a dentist for clowns? Oh, boy. Why not both? I, like, their okay, life is equally bad. Good like, point. <laughs> uh, I am a little sad there was a rumor going around that the... Uh, release of Resident Evil 7 would like the original Resident Evil director's cut. Uh, and Resident Evil 7 is billed as a big anniversary game, 20th anniversary game by Capcom. I was hoping, and there were hints in the demos and stuff, that a demo of the Resident Evil 2 remake would be coming with Resident Evil 7, uh, like the original Resident Evil 2 demo did with the director's cut. And unfortunately, it looks like that is not the case. Uh, I am pumped about Resident Evil 2 Remake. Heck yeah. Oh, man. I I just can't wait. I love that game to this day. I think of all the uh, classic Resident Evils, I think 2 is the one that is the most playable at this point. Because 1 is... It's very hard to sort of manipulate that environment with the tank controls. And 3 is like three is just weird like it, it is a much more action focused game it's much more about like do these things in this amount of time rather than you know unravel a space and code veronica is so damn good but man as a game that you would like to see to the end code veronica is a hill to climb at this point that's true uh, that's very you know true. i love it i love it so much but like it's like all right i got the lion crest I'm going to go put it in the airplane hangar. So you got to get in the submarine, wait for the submarine loading sequence to pass, and then do the one and then go all the way back to the beginning to the item chest. Don't <laughs> to forget to leave a rocket quest. launcher in the uh, yep. chest for Chris. Yep, you got to leave it for Chris. Uh, man, two, 2 is the only game... Where you can trick an alligator into eating an oxygen tank and blow up its face. Which is delightful. 
Uh, before we sign off for the week, there are really awesome games besides Resident Evil 7 and Yakuza 0 that are either newly out or on sale at the moment, and we wanted to give you uh, a couple of recommendations there. Susan, there's one in particular that is a dangerous addiction it's that true. People, people should be aware of. It's true. Uh, it's called Pocket Card Jockeys, which is a, a stupid name, but it's so descriptive of what it is. It's on your uh, 3DS, and it's currently five bucks. Nice. And there, are, there, are, there aren't too many games that aren't worth five bucks, but this one is especially worth it. Here's the deal. Uh, it came out last year to very, very little fanfare, and people just kind of picked it up randomly and then found out it was amazing, but it was mostly overlooked. You are a rookie jockey, and you would like to become a famous jockey, which means you have to learn how to race horses. And it's, it's with that regard, it's kind of fairly true to how that actually works with, you, you know, you race a... a the, race them until they're four years old, at which point they are put out to, to breed and there's a new generation of horses and blah, 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 and different horses have different temperaments as to where they like to make their move in the race, whether it's very late in the race or sort of in the middle. But you do this, you do the races by playing solitaire. <laughs> and, but you have to do it quickly. Because, <coughs> uh, there's only so much time during a race and then you... you use the stylus to jockey for position and claim power-ups and it's the most ridiculous combination of things possible it's right up there with uh 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 uh, uh, uh the game where you match gems to do battle a puzzle quest? oh puzzle puzzle quest puzzle quest yeah it's that kind it's that kind of mashup but it's also a it works really well the card the card game is quite fun and b the game is flat out hilarious. It's yeah. really, really funny. So I highly recommend it, especially as we get through the rest of this month, which is going to be very trying for a number of reasons. Uh, strongly recommend that one. Five bucks. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to express how funny Pocket Card Jockey is until you actually see the humor. Like you have you have a manager who looks <laughs> who is just the spitting image of Satoru Iwata. Like your your sort of patron in racing like is like a tiny little Satoru Iwata who's just like, Wow, you pretty much sucked out there, huh? You're the <laughs> yeah. worst. You die. Your character dies and then they bring him back to life in the first like yeah. five minutes of that game. That's yeah. true. That's it's true. So good and so weird. It's uh, just it's it's really <laughs> so bizarre and wacky, but not not that kind of off-putting sort of wacky, like wacky for wacky's sake. Mm. It's just a game that knows its premise is ridiculous and is having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Dave, you actually, another review that you had just go up uh, is another game that is freshly out. It's out today as we're recording this. Uh, Gravity Rush 2. Yeah. Which, which you, you had you you didn't think was a perfect game, but you no. still loved. Yeah, it's God. Like I love that game in spite of itself. Uh, it is just it is a visually stunning game. The the animation it, it's very reminiscent of like the Studio Ghibli kind of whimsy. I forget what it's called, but there's like a French comic book style that it's specifically evoking. Um, but yeah, like it, it is it is a stunning game. It is a weird story. 
about uh, a young girl who can manipulate gravity who ends up in an alternate dimension where rich people live in the skies and the, the poor people live in squalor below them and uh, it is about a society discovering its own potential as a collective organization to overthrow uh, the upper class. <coughs> Which, you know. Um, but, like, the controls are... If you haven't played the, the first game, the controls are still kind of... They, they are what they are. You launch yourself in a direction, and there's no lock-on to the camera, so it's really easy to just zip past whatever you're trying to attack and have to rejigger the, the camera to to position yourself and then attack again. Or if you get too close to walls, the camera starts to wig out, and uh, that's a, a problem. And if you get too in the weeds with the side quests, um, it's really easy to see the limitations of that game just because it, it does a lot of the same sort of, like, escort missions and stealth missions mm. and, hey, walk around this big open space and press square next to people until <coughs> the right person tells you what you need to know to move to the next part of the quest. But, so like, it's, what's up? It's, it's Spider-Man it's Spider 2. Yes. but okay. like, Yes, but better missions. Yes. Because Spider-Man 2's missions are awful. <laughs> yeah, that game has not aged as well as people think it has. Uh, but no, like Gravity Rush 2, it's, uh, it is a game that I recommend with caveats. There are points where it is going to be frustrating or you will find yourself maybe a little bit sort of miffed by how unimaginative the mission design is when compared to everything else in the game. But uh, as just sort of an experience of weirdness and, and color, um, it's really cool. Also, I'm playing uh, 2064 read-only memories, so like, if you like Snatcher, that's out on PS4. Uh, yeah. Text adventure, robots, uh, lots of like 80s-inspired anime designs and pixels and stuff. It's very... Like, it is basically... Um, it is the like the, the studio's version of... They, they made Snatcher. They made their version of Snatcher. Um, and since Konami is never going to release Snatcher in the US ever again, uh, pick it up. It's cool. Sam, what are you playing? uh, Well, real quick, let me ask uh, Mr. Bobberts. How's the? Have you been playing the updated version with the voice acting? Yeah, the PS4 version is the is the updated version, and they also updated the Steam version for free. So if you have that, that's updated too. Uh, Voice acting's good. Uh, Um, I mean, you know, it is it is a visual novel, so you can skip past it if you want. You just mash the X button or whatever. But no, generally the voice acting is is all really well done. Fits the vibe of that game super well. The music's great. Uh, they've also added some. They've added some puzzles and fixed some stuff, um, like some maybe some of the puzzles that didn't work. Um, gave some more characters a little more time on the screen. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Cool. I I was just wondering because I I do have the PC version, which and I played through that one when it didn't have any voice acting. So I was curious about checking out again with the with the voice acting. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, Anthony. Uh, so two things. Um, one, I made a resolution. This was my gaming resolution for 2017 is that I was going to stop trying to get in on every game that seemed the least bit interesting because there were so many games last year that I either bought or rented or whatever that I didn't really have a super passionate interest in, but I just 
thought that because everybody else was talking about them that I should mm. and that kind of got me down a little bit so I wanted to I wanted to cut back on that this year and you're making it really hard with this Yakuza 0 bullshit that you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> to Good. not be like well I mean I could pick it up what, what, what would the harm be you're easily looking uh, at 50 hours to beat that story I I haven't even hardly touched the Witcher just stop <laughs> anyway um, I, have, I have a question I have a question for you yes did you feel like you needed to play everything because of your job no, because that basically didn't happen until we started emailing each other about, like, Game of the Year discussions. When I was like, all right, well, I need to make time to go play this so that I can contribute to it. But, like, I <laughs> bought games that I was not – I was interested in but not super enthused about. And I think I needed to find that level of genuine enthusiasm. Like, I'm excited for this because I'm excited for it, not because everybody tells me I should be. Mm. Okay. Th- mm. I mean, this is this – is- so, once upon a time, I bought every major release that came out because I felt like if I was going to call myself a gamer, yeah. I needed to play everything. Mm-hmm. I yep. needed to have an opinion on everything. Yep. And that is fucking stupid. Dumb. Right? <laughs> it's just the dumbest goddamn thing. Hey, it's really expensive. I yep. literally had a second job so I could afford to do this. I'm goddamn stupid. Like I would, I ugh, I would have so much money if I hadn't done that. But yeah, so just I mean, our situation is a little different because we do actually have to have opinions on a variety of things that we wouldn't normally otherwise. But other than that, just play what you're into, folks. Like if something sounds cool to you, hmm. play it. Mm-hmm. And hmm. if it doesn't, if it's like, well, you know, everybody's playing Overwatch, and and I don't know, maybe I should play Overwatch. Don't do that. Just don't. 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 Yeah. yeah. That is what I that is what I did and what I fell into last year. So I'm trying not to do that this year. And uh, Anthony and David are making it really hard with this talk of Yakuza Zero. Yeah, but that sounds like something you would you would dig. I know it does. It does. I just gotta. I'll I'll look into it more once we're once we're done talking here and see if it's something I will genuinely appreciate or if yeah. I'm just gonna have a passing interest. But uh, to answer your question, so that was thing number one. Thing number two. What am I playing recently? Um, so, I started by actually going back and checking out games that I had been excited for but just didn't pick up, mm. and one of those was Forza Horizon 3, oh. and I am really surprised at how much I like that game. Uh, nice. I'm not a big, like, racer person. I'm not into cars very much, uh, but it is super pretty, very well put together, and, like, you constantly feel like you're getting better and making progress really really good would recommend it even if you're not into like the sims you know the car sims like the grand turismos and that sort of stuff man i i like i just forza horizon 2 i I hadn't even really played forza horizon 1 beyond a demo but 2 was the reason i got an xbox one in the first place like I, i wanted to play that game and i still haven't played 3 but i like knowing that 3 is out there that, like, I could just download it onto my PC and, and love every bit of its its weird, accurate skies. That was what they insisted I pay attention to at E3. <laughs> like, we photographed a year oh worth God. of skies in Australia. And I was like, cool, man, can I drive in that field now? Let's no. do it. Let's... <laughs> no. No, you cannot. 
Uh, I will just tell everybody uh, a thing that they've heard me say before. But it's new. There's a new number on the end of it. Uh, out this week is Dragon Quest Eight for the Nintendo 3DS. Go play Dragon Quest Eight. Uh, this is a version of the game that is actually playable, unlike the one that is out there on iPhone right now. Uh, you're not forced to play a glorious, lush exploration game in freaking portrait mode. Yeah. What the hell are you doing, Square? What are you oh, doing? Oh, question, question, question. Is the voice work in the 3DS version? Yes. The voice Good. work, okay. the, vo- the voice work, uh, the classic, classic voice work is on hand. Uh, there is, sadly, no orchestral music in the American version of the 3DS. Mm. It's it's MIDI. The but, you know, to hate America or something, because we never get... <laughs> We never get the illustrated <clears throat> versions of those songs. Yeah, apparently there is some kind of licensing issue as to why that happens. Uh, but I, like, who cares? Because the MIDI versions are awesome anyway, uh, and I, I can't recommend this game enough. And uh, if you're playing anything else though, or you're really excited to play other things, don't don't get in here. This game, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Dragon Quest Eight is this is a commitment. It likes you and will put a ring on you, and it will not let you go for like ninety hours. You could do it in eighty. You could. <laughs> you could do you it. Could do it in eighty. You could do it in eighty. Apparently, I mean, if you skip making the cheese. I guess. Yeah, you you could skip making the cheese. That's one of the awesomest things in Dragon Quest Eight. There there is a alchemy mechanic where you can combine items to make new items, to make armor, and the best armor and weapons in the game can primarily only be made through alchemy. Uh, I was, I, I did hear there were, there were you know, the typical chorus of nerds crying about censorship were like, they censored the costumes in the 3DS first, it's bullshit, it's not authentic experience, dog. Uh, but I, like, I was like, what did they, what did they censor? And so, of the four characters in your party in Dragon Quest VIII, one is named Jessica, and she had some pretty revealing outfits in the original version, and apparently they've added just some layers to the revealing outfits, and I haven't played this game since 2005, so I was like, were they really that bad? Like, come on, did you need to... And then I looked up the screenshots, and I was like, no, Nintendo had to censor those. Holy (laughs) shit. Like, she's like, whoa, man. Whoa, like oh, man. lingerie and like not much of it. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so they did that. But Dragon Quest VIII is worth your time. Uh even though there's no longer lots of lingerie. Uh that does it for us this week, everybody. We will be back next week. We will have played Resident Evil 7 by then. Uh we will also tell you a little bit about Kingdom Hearts 2.8. HD final Shut, chapter stop prologue stop because we can't stop. Never stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Ain't no party uh, like a Kingdom Hearts party because a Kingdom Hearts party has Ansem and Heartless and Goofy and Shut the Little Mermaid. Stop. And yeah, 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 yeah. Just, I can't. I just. And Titus. All right. I do want to. I, I, I want to remind. And the Keyblade War. We're going to be at PAX South next week. Yay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's happening. Yep. That's a thing. A lot of PAX, a lot of PAX South. If y'all are in Austin, 
Get on, on down nope, there. Nope, it, no, no, it's you're all in Austin. San Antonio. Come over to San Antonio. <laughs> San Antonio. Don't go to Austin. Don't go to Austin. <laughs> See, if you go to Austin, you are in the wrong it's too place. Many food, it's too many food trucks in Austin. Don't go there. Go to San Antonio instead. Food's pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. <laughs> I got to get some barbecue. Susan, let me lay this on you. Okay. There is, in this Kingdom Hearts game, yeah. one of the things in there is an hour-long movie. There are no Disney characters. <laughs> there are no Final Fantasy characters. Nor are there any returning characters from any of the previous games. They don't tell you who any of these people are, really, or what the shit they're talking about. And I watched the whole thing, and I literally stood up and yelled, What the hell was that so loud my child woke up? Okay. Yeah. Look forward to that review, everybody. Tetsuya Nomura uh, has outdone himself. He's out. He's out <laughs> buckled himself. <clears throat> All right, everybody. Toodaloo. We'll see you soon. Thank you for Bye, listening. Guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. And the keyblades. Ha <laughs> ha